0: Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I'm Lee Gerstman, and I was banned from this podcast, and I'm not too happy about it. So, fuck these guys. Go to hell. So, here they are. Dr. Fuck and Wadzilla. Enjoy. I know I will, even if they did ban me fucking
1: assholes hey i heard you missed us we're back it's me raul vieira doctor fucking and with me is oh yeah the told alcoholic and Wadley, and we are the podcast kings yeah i wrote that song before we actually officially become the podcast kings to all the pussy ass podcasts out there other than decibel geek and uh who else was cool uh, rock and roll Oh yeah, Mills, uh, you know. talk to me. There's a lot of great yeah, podcasts yeah. out there. Yeah, you you know who you are. The other ones can kiss our big black ass. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, we're the Podcast Kings and uh, you know, what's going on, bro? We got any iTunes reviews or some shit?
0: Oh, hell yeah. We got some iTunes reviews. As a matter of fact, we got three to read. Uh, the first one, uh, this guy says he's a friend of yours. Uh, Necroshine one eight eight. He left us a five star review entitled "This podcast is my life."
1: His mother's a whore. He says, and I quote: "I don't know who this is." Necro, yeah. I, I know it's an overkill album.
0: Yeah, but you, try, by the end, you, he he th- he says, you "Don't know who it is." Okay, cool. But Necroshine one eight eight says, and I quote: we'll,
1: "We'll see if his mother's a whore or not." Keep going.
0: All right, I'm trying. The best. This podcast takes up two hours of my workday daily. Ralph and Ian are like heavy metal saints to me and probably to most of the listeners. My favorite episodes include Metallica Load and Reload, Danzig 2, Tom Petty "Hard Promises, and Anything Kiss. Keep up the hard rock and heavy metal mayhem, guys, as I patiently await the Bloister Cult episode Imaginos. Rock on! P.S. Ralph will know me, as far beyond driven 98 on Instagram.
1: That guy has a fucking saint as a mother. His mother's a saint. His mother is not a whore at all. I love that guy. That guy's awesome. Yeah, far beyond driven. He goes on Instagram and he puts up pictures of hot metal metal chicks and also killer albums. Like I don't think he's ever put up an album I didn't like. Uh cool dude, yeah. Far beyond driven. All right, right on, bro. Say hi to that right. saint of a mother for me.
0: <laughs> and uh, I love that he's patiently awaiting our review of Blue star Cult's Imaginos because that is an album I would love to review. And uh we will definitely get around to that one day. I promise you, Necroshine.
1: Hell yeah, we'll do that for you, bro. Keep up with the metal babes on Instagram.
0: All right. Well, our next one is another five star review. This one from Big Mike 851, 8, entitled The Best Podcast on the Planet by Mike. He says, and I quote, Ralph and Ian have been my friends for the past four years now, going on five. And I'm not being biased when I say this is the best podcast I ever heard. Just two real metal heads talking about rock and metal. No goofy nerds making corny jokes and taking up an hour to officially get the show started. The Rock and Metal Combat Podcast has no filler and is absolutely hilarious. Ralph and Ian break down the albums like no other podcast does. I have learned a lot from this show. I highly recommend this to any fan of rock and metal. An absolute masterpiece of a show. Keep up the work, brothers. Your boy, Mike Sears. Yeah, Mike. Hell yeah. Yeah, Mike
1: Sears. Yes. uh, I was recently on his podcast.
0: Yes, I know, and I'm going to be on his podcast, too, Uh, as soon as time permits. I can't wait. Uh, We love Mike, and I want to thank him, because I know this is like his fourth or fifth attempt uh, to leave us a review. He's been trying for years, and a lot of people, I don't know, you know, iTunes, you know, Apple is the fucking devil, if the devil was bad. Uh, It's a horrible thing. Sometimes it takes a, a lot to get a review up, but Mike persevered. And he did it, man. And thank you, brother. Uh, We love you so much, man. And uh, thanks for being a lifer here at the podcast.
1: Oh, yeah. Mike Sears, the real deal,
0: yo. All right. And our last review is another five-star review. This one from Manzinger Me. His mother better be a whore. Entitled, Love-Hate Relationship. Uh Uh-oh. And he says, and I quote, Listening to this show is a complete roller coaster for me. One minute, I completely agree, and the next minute, I hate these guys.
1: Yeah, because of you and your your stupid opinion on music.
0: Yeah. This is the exact reason I'm going five stars. They love and hate things about their favorite bands instead of being blind followers. Hey, Trump. My my band is Kiss, so I get triggered sometimes. Yeah, that's at me. (laughs) But I put on my big boy pants and... (laughs) And get get over it five minutes after they piss me off. Keep it up, guys.
1: Yeah, you with your kiss hatred.
0: Yeah, fuck them fucking clowns.
1: I love them, dude. See, he just got pissed and happy in like 2.3 seconds.
0: There you go, man. And I think I know who that is. Uh, He he writes me on uh, Messenger a lot. Guy owns a record store. This is the same guy I'm thinking of. And uh, he loves the show, man, and uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, and I thanks, and, and I love somebody who can take, you know, when we shit on something they love and, uh, and and still listen to the show and still get a kick out of it, man. That's awesome.
1: Long live fucking uh, Fake Fraley and Cheater Chris.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Does he like them, too? I don't know. I'll have to find out. Oh, right. hey, I'm going to have to fuck with Next time he messages me, and he messages me a lot, I'm going to have to fuck with him about that.
1: Yeah, because if you uh, don't like them, then another reason to hate you because you like them.
0: That's right. But thank you for those iTunes reviews. Keep writing them, and I will keep reading them. I appreciate it.
1: Right on. That's it?
0: Yep, that's it for iTunes reviews. And uh, now we got to talk about a couple of shows that we've seen recently that were pretty... Mind-blowing and uh, Ralph, why don't you tell everybody about what you just went and saw
1: well, you saw yours first
0: Yeah, I, I know but I'm trying to get some beer down my throat and stop coughing because I'm right, st- okay
1: uh, I went to go see Elton John. Uh, I was supposed to see the show Ian saw Down here, but it ended up being on the same night uh, So I had to choose between ghost and Elton John now I've seen Ghost two times I've never seen Elton John and it's for Fair- farewell tour, which I kind of believe this one Uh, because he's old and um, and uh, oh man, that was great Oh, it was also that I went in a metro bus and I've been in a metro bus a long long time So I got in a metro bus went there left the show metro bus waiting for me man. That was convenient, but uh Wow, man, what a what a show man. I mean, you know, I'm not like the biggest Elton John deep track fan You know, I only know the hits but he has so many fucking hits and I'm a child of the 70s that I had to see him play all these songs that I love. You know, I mean, I do own Yellow Brick Road, and I own uh, Captain Fantastic, and I own uh, the live one with the white piano cover, that one. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I knew a couple of those. De- like, Every Girl Loves Alice. Like, I know that song.
0: Oh, love it.
1: And that was the second song on the set list. Which wow. was awesome, because I was like, whoa, he's playing that song. So at least I knew one deep track. But he You know what that's, that's about, right? Alice Cooper.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: And uh, the he played a song off the first album that was so good that I didn't know, so I, I need to get a hold of some of these albums. He played a couple other tracks I didn't know, but uh, man, and then you know he opened with Benny and the Jets, which Ooh. was so cool, because he comes up the piano and he just hits that note, bam, you know, and he just stops. Yeah. Everybody's going fucking nuts. Bam. Oh, man, <laughs> you know, it's just so good, and he sounds so great, dude. His voice is still strong. I mean. You gotta also remember, and this goes for every artist out there. If you've been singing songs for 50 years, you're not gonna sing exactly like the record. You're gonna kind of like improvise and sing in different little uh, vocal structures here and there. Except for uh, the one song he really stayed faithful to was uh, "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me," and uh, to keep faithful to our Queensrÿche "Rage Against the Machine," "Rage Against the Machine," "Rage for Order" episode, (laughs) um, I cried. (laughs) Now, I knew the set because I had my phone handy because I, I wanted to know when Daniel came up. <laughs> we all know I cried during Daniel, and I can't deal with that song. So he played a song before Daniel I didn't recognize, and it was an okay song. It was a bad I stayed for it. But, like, right when he was hitting those last notes, you know, it was like one of those last endings with a note, I was like, boom, I'm out of here. So I, <laughs> I, I went to the merch booth, and I bought a shirt, a shirt that's pretty much like a... A goodbye yellow brick Road type shirt and glasses that light up in and their' star glasses their John glasses but I still heard in the background, but I kept kept distracting, you know and uh, but you know i I did it perfectly, man when when I got the glasses and everything I got back up and he goes right into um, oh, what's the song that he did after that um, I'm still standing you know ah, nice. yeah, yeah you know I mean not, you know, I'm not a big fanatic of the song, but it's okay. it's a nice little ditty so got back and then I got really closer seats because I was in the I mean severe nosebleeds dude I'm talking about the tippy top of the fucking place you know because tickets are expensive I think I paid a hundred for mine that was way the fuck up there so I ended up getting on the lower level because when I was walking up I saw an empty seat and I asked the dude anybody sitting here no all right so I sat there and I got a much better view but man what a fucking show and he was so grateful did a lot of talking about uh you know how he loves everybody and he wanted to go out one last time just to thank everybody for his life and All the thing and he wants to take care, you know, his children now. He's got two boys uh, one's like uh, Five and the other one's like nine. So he's doing a three-year tour. So by the time uh, He's done that's when you know, they start like, you know, I don't know in their late uh, early teens and uh, or preteens and he wants to be there and just you know, be there to raise them that whole time. So but he was great. He was amazing and uh his band was fucking badass. He has the same guitar player he's had forever. I don't know if David was,
0: Johnson. Yeah.
1: Not from the very beginning, but you know, from the mid seventies. And he had a couple other people too. And the bass player was Matt Bissonette, who most of you know from uh, David Lee Ross Star Scar Sky sky skyscraper. <laughs> uh, era. And uh, they were tight. I mean, the guy that was playing because there were two drummers, and 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 the stage was like Elton's all the way in the front, and behind them, like there's one level of the musicians. There's a, then there's another level above it with, you know, uh, percussion and some other dude doing I don't know what. And they had like ten people on stage, and they really did capture all the, the shit. And what was really cool when they did a, a, I forgot what song from Captain Fantastic. I think someone saved my life. Um, the, the the screen you know it had a screen behind him where every song had some kind of movie going on well that one was an animation of the album cover like I mean it shows Captain Fantastic run walking around then at the very end of the cartoon he's with you know it's the album cover with you know and it's moving around it was fucking awesome but I am so glad I got to see Elton John it was a he's been a bucket list guy for me forever and I've always procrastinated. To see Elton John, always, always procrastinated, and I got to see him do my favorite song, uh, uh, uh "Funeral for a Friend." Oh, nice! That that was a highlight. But don't don't let the sun go down on me. It was so amazing, you know. And and I loved the Crocodile Rock when he did that. You know that part? La, 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 la. He right. stopped. He he would stop during that part. The whole fucking arena sang it, and then he would go back, and then. He stopped. You know, he never sang that part. The whole arena did that part, and it was really cool, dude. It was just it was fucking awesome. I loved it, man. It was uh, just an amazing fucking show. Probably the best show I've seen uh, this year, I'd say. I'd have to think about it, but. It what was what was the crowd
0: like? Was it mostly old, or was there a good mix?
1: No, it was all old people, man. I didn't, yeah. see, no, I didn't see no young people at all. Uh, <laughs> it was covered with old folks, and uh, including me, you know.
0: Yeah, well, that's a, that's a damn shame, man, because I, I think a lot of people would enjoy that show. He's just a great artist, man. Great well, songwriter.
1: Yeah, amazing songwriter. You know, ever since I saw the show, I've been looking at documentaries on him, and him and Bernie Taupin, and I mean, you know, it's just and even during the show, you know, because the thing is, I didn't listen to No Elton John for a long time because I wanted to hear those songs live. I didn't want to, like, be burnt out and go to the show so hearing all these songs that i've known since my youth uh was just so fucking great you know someone saved my life and uh you name it you know he did basically you know every hit there were a couple hits he didn't do like uh sorrow seems to be the lonely uh, whatever word love
0: yeah yeah
1: he didn't do that one but he did uh this song uh your song which is yeah. fuck, fucking got chills during that and uh it was just just amazing dude it was it was a shit and he ended this he ended the show with uh, um uh goodbye yellow brick road
0: nice and then
1: he got on this little like escalator thing and it took him to the top while he waved at everybody his piano moved you know side to side of the stage but the most most of the time he was on the other side because i was like on the right side he played most of the show on the left side but now and then the piano would move over there you know but fuck it, man. I mean, I can't, I can't go on enough. I mean, I can't express in words. And also, like, the section I was sitting on way up there, the fucking, the sound was amazing. I mean, it sounded so good. Uh, it was, uh, I'm, I, I'm sure it sounded as good up front, but, man, I mean, it was just a great, great sound, to that show. And it was top-notch. It was a really expensive-looking stage. And, uh, you know, he charged a lot, you know, so... But uh, it was great. I loved it. Uh, give it a solid 10. Great, great show. Elton John. Now talk about what you see.
0: Well, you know, first I'd like to say, man, I'm, I'm sorry I'm going to miss that. But uh, I, I think you totally made the right choice. I mean, that, that's a tough one when you've already bought tickets and didn't realize they're on the same day. But, you know, Ghost, you're going to be able to see again. You know, Elton John, you're not. So, right. uh, And I know he's playing here in a couple weeks or maybe next week or some shit. I just don't have the money to go. but so, I, I, I mean, look,
1: uh, you, know, you might get some cheap nosebleeds. I'd really recommend it, dude. If you could, you should see it.
0: Yeah, no, I'm broke as a motherfucker, dude, And Christmas coming up. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I, lo- I love Elton John, man. I love Elton John. And, you know, I always thought it was cool, like, uh, Zach Wilde, you know, f- forever has always gave props to him. He goes, yeah, fuck, I don't care what you think. This man is an amazing songwriter.
1: Well, you, you know, know you know that Zach Wilde said how he got into music was seeing uh, Elton John do Lucy and the Sky with Diamonds on on the Sonny and Cher show.
0: Oh, I, I didn't read that. I know he said his sister, you know, was big into him and had the records and that's how he heard him and just has always, you know, loved him and had respect for him. And I think yeah. that's cool because there's a lot of metal people like Ugh, Elton John, uh, you know, shit like that. And, you know, get over it, man. That The, the dude's a fucking genius.
1: Fuck El John, he's a faggot now. Fuck you, I'm going to listen to some priests.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's about the same mentality. But, uh, yeah, I did get to see Ghost, and uh, it was my third time seeing Ghost as well, and they were fucking mind-blowing. This is by far the best I've ever seen. They did a three-hour show uh, with like a little 15-minute intermission, no opening band. Uh, Great stage set. And they always have, even when I, you know, I saw them at a smaller club the first two times, but they always made it seem like you were at an arena show, the way that just the stage was set up. The only other person I ever saw do that in a club was King Diamond. Uh, The way that that set was, man, you just, you didn't feel like you were in a club. And uh, man, by far the best musically. Because the first two times I saw them, they were great, don't get me wrong, but there was a lot of backing tracks to complete their sound. I mean, all the musicians there played, but to to compensate, they had, uh, you know, backing tracks. No backing tracks this time. They had what was it, like seven or eight musicians. They had three guitar players, a bass player, drummer, and two keyboard players. And the, uh, like the third guitar player and a couple of keyboard players, they would mix up like on you know some. Song, they would play maracas, you know, or whatever. Whatever the song needed, they played. Uh, you know, if the song called for three guitars, you had three guitars. If not, he played something else. You know, and it was a man. The, the two keyboard players are chicks. But uh, man, what a great fucking show! A great set list. I finally got to see him play uh, "Satan's Prayer," my favorite Ghost song, uh, and it, it was just awesome. It was uh, where you and I saw Noel Gallagher. And uh, the, the place was damn near sold out. I would say probably about 98% filled. And, you know, there's another balcony above where we were at. And we actually had to go to the to the third balcony because it was just too fucking packed. Man, you couldn't move on the floor. Uh, second balcony was totally filled. We went up to the third, found a good seat. But even that filled up, you know, because we got there early. But, uh, God damn damn was it good. I mean, they just know how to put on a show. And, uh, man, I I, I can't recommend that enough. If they're coming around, go see it. And they've had success. They've, they've been playing, like, a few arena shows, mixed in with, like, bigger clubs. And I, I just see these guys having more and more success. And what a mix of a crowd, because you had, you know, old metal fans. You had a lot of kids. Uh, you know, kids like it because it's got a gimmick factor you know, like Kiss or whatever, you know, you know, it, it's, I can see why kids would be attracted because it's like dress up and ship them. The songs are great too. You know, if the songs weren't great, then the, you know, the older crowd wouldn't be there. And, uh, it was just a good, uh, good celebration of all things, Satan. And, uh, man, just unbelievable. Can't recommend it enough. Uh, yeah. So if you can see him, see him, but I still think Ralph made the right choice and I know he'll catch him on the next tour. Alright, well now it's time to get into the news. We haven't done the news in a while.
1: We haven't done a show in a while.
0: Yeah, shit, what are we talking about? It's been like a month since we recorded. Yeah. Uh, But of course, you know, for for all you trendy motherfuckers, we gotta talk about Kith. Oh my god, Kith.
1: Hey, hey, watch it. (laughs) Don't piss off our fucking buddy.
0: Oh, I just made him mad again, but uh, Kiss has already announced... Extra dates on this tour.
1: Yep, and and uh, and one's down here at Sunrise. Yeah, yeah, and I got I I
0: got a feeling you're gonna go.
1: Yeah, I know you said this before, but uh, I I have a feeling you're wrong. Okay. All right. Tickets went on sale. I didn't bother.
0: Okay, but if somebody gives you a free one, you're gonna go, right?
1: I don't know, dude. I don't think so. I even because the thing is, I every time I see Scab Kiss, every time I see Scab Kiss. I think either three, two, three, yeah, three, three times. Every single time I went for free. Every time. And I enjoyed one of them. Well, one and a half. The last one was so bad that, dude, I walked out going, never again. Never again. Right. Yeah, you know, With this whole lip sync thing. And it's just all, you know, it's just, I don't know, man. I, but I always stress, you know, on my YouTube channel, dude, you know, you want to see it, go support it. Especially if you've never seen Kiss, go see it, you know, but. I'm done. You know, I said that walking out of that show. I said, I am fucking done. I, I, I never want to see this band again.
0: Yeah, that's how I was after my last show. <laughs> yeah, you
1: uh, and I have but, a feeling you're going.
0: Uh, I, I don't know, man. They, they've got big billboards up and they're, they're really pushing this thing. But uh, I'm surprised they've added those dates already because from what I've seen, the sales haven't been all that.
1: Well, you know what I think, Ian? This is my philosophy. I think they're adding the most dates they can now before they actually play a show where people see the YouTube footage and people see the actual set list. Because as of now, it's still a mystery. And then there's a lot of suckers out there that think that, you know, Ace and Peter's going to show up because Paul said, hey, you know, I'm open to let people... Co-. Dude, I'll tell you this right now. This is my prediction. Uh, Bruce <laughs> will <join. laughs> we'll be on a show here and there. You know, but... Uh, And, you know, and and I was even thinking maybe, maybe uh, Peter will go up there and do bet that they pay him like a million dollars at Madison Square Garden or something. You know what I mean? Uh, But they got to do it early in the tour so people will be like, oh, shit, maybe we'll get, you know, maybe we'll get a a past member. But I I know Bruce will be on one of the early shows. I'm calling it right now. Ace, I don't think he's going to take part of it. I don't think he is.
0: Uh, eh, I hope not.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too, because it'll break my heart if he does, you know?
0: And, and like I said before, you know, what do they do with any of these old members when they come up, you know? How do you have, like, them, like, not in makeup with the makeup guy? It's just going to look fucking weird. I don't know. I don't. I just don't think it's going to work.
1: Yeah, no. And I, you know, and maybe it's my nut-swinging uh, attitude toward Ace, and maybe I'm blocking out whatever he did in the past that was total bullshit. But as far as I remember, Aces never really lied in interviews, and he never really makes up shit and you know stuff like that. Like Paul constantly does, you know.
0: And, and I see a lot of people pissed too about uh, these new uh, second string of dates uh, that they're mad that they bought tickets where they're going to because they yeah. found out they're playing a place a lot closer.
1: <laughs> That's the thing. Look, in, in Florida, they, they announced Tampa and I think Jacksonville. That's like. Five eight hours from me yeah like if i you know if i would have bought those things i would have been pissed too going fuck now they're playing down here and also i don't i really haven't looked that much into it but here's another comment i got on my youtube page one guy wrote he goes dude what the fuck they're playing some cities again and paul already said in interviews once you play your city so that you know according to this guy i don't know if it's true or not some of these new string of dates are in the same cities they've already announced uh, oh, that—that that, that I didn't date. know. Uh, I, I knew. Later. that. Oh, it wow! Could be, it could be wrong. I, uh, this guy could be wrong. He just said that. I haven't looked into it yet. You know.
0: Now I I gotta ask you this because you you've done you've done some crazy stuff. You know, you you bought that uh, that Gene Simmons vault. Yeah. Are you gonna buy one of these twenty one thousand dollar Paul Stanley guitars?
1: Yeah, I really mean, did. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> did you see this?
1: Yeah, I I robbed a bank. Now, this is something separate. This is something that Paul Stanley's doing on his own website. Yes. You know, this is like a separate deal thing. Look, man, honestly, I, I, I'm not going to fucking bash the guy for doing it. Supply and demand, and plus, who the fuck am I to talk? I bought a Gene Simmons vault. You know what I mean? I blew 2000 bucks, so it's like, I know it was extraordinarily way more, but let me tell you, man, if it sells... Fuck it. Let them do it. And you know me, I'm very vocal against Paul Stanley. I am very vocal. But the whole concept of supply and demand uh, is something that I, I stand behind. So if anybody wants to blow that much money, I'm telling you, look, personally, if I, was, if I won the, those billions of dollars, I still wouldn't buy that shit. You know, if I won that lottery from a month ago, you know? I, yeah. I, I wouldn't pay that much money for a broken guitar. That,
0: well, uh,
1: well, well, no, not not a broken guitar. Uh, it's not one he breaks on stage. I thought it was...
0: A- well, well, that's misleading because there was a, a story that showed a okay. broken guitar and had that. No, what it is, is it's a it's a Paul Stanley knockoff model.
1: <clears throat> not even that, a real one, which is crazy.
0: That supposedly at some point in the show, he will play for a portion of a song. So he can, not not like the full song, so he can say it was what? played on stage, yes.
1: Wait, 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 wait. You mean Paul Stanley is going to fucking play a song then 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 switch guitars?
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's well here here's the thing. There's different price brackets. I don't know if you looked into
1: this. Oh, oh. if you play the full song, it's more money?
0: No, no, no. No, no. no, no, no this, this is the kicker. This is the kicker. Uh, so it, it's a guitar. It's a Paul Stanley model guitar, but it's still like a knockoff. It'd be like, you know, instead of a Fender, it's a Squire, kind like of a $300 deal. $300
1: guitar.
0: Right, exactly. So, uh, but at some point during the night, he will play it, but it's not guaranteed it's even for a full song. Like, he might play it, you know, a a little bit and then switch guitars. (laughs) There's no guarantee he plays a full song with it. If you want just the guitar, it's Mm $17,000. Or... Yes. yes. Yeah. No, $18,000. Some shit like that. But if you want him to throw in the guitar strap that he used. Oh yeah, it, I heard that too. Yeah, yeah it's $21,000. <laughs> oh
1: my god, man. I mean, come on. Man. But,
0: you know, like you said you wouldn't you wouldn't buy this, you know, if you won the lottery. If I won the lottery, I would pay $22,000. If he would just Beat the sh- the dumbass who bought this shit over the head with the guitar. Then I I would pay twenty two thousand dollars for that, just to see this fucking nerd, and then to see him get bludgeoned upside the fucking head by Paul Stanley for being this fucking stupid. Mm, wow. I mean I mean goddamn I mean I see a hey, if you got money fucking, you know th- that that's one thing, okay. But paying that much money for a guitar that's worth. 300 maybe. Because Paul Stanley uh, played like fucking half a fucking uh, guitar solo during fucking Heavens on Fire. You're fucking nuts. And, And you deserve it. I think you should charge more. You know, if you should pay that. I mean, these fucking... You see all the prices on this shit. Kiss fans deserve this shit. I don't feel one bit sorry for these motherfuckers. I see all these people crying about the prices for this tour you, imagine you know the
1: guy that lets us an itunes review bought one of those
0: <laughs> but you know you know what if you pay that you deserve it and and i and i applaud you and i laugh at you i i you know just jesus
1: well you know? You know, i'm not gonna argue with you that's your opinion I, I have the exact opposite opinion on that one
0: yeah no I, I, no, I, like I said, jack up the money. I think they should start charging $500 for these tickets just to see these dumb shits pay this shit to watch a guy fucking lip-sync to a CD. If you're that blind of a fan, you deserve... You de- you should give him the fucking pin code to your fucking debit card and just get taken.
1: Come on, don't talk about Sinzak
0: that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, Sinzak's only going because it's fucking free. He said he wasn't going to... Oh, gonna...
1: okay. All right, he got a free one.
0: Yeah, he wasn't going to... Oh,
1: gonna... I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, he was not going to go, but Camaro bought the ticket. All right, on. And he's like, he's like, all right, all right, I'll go. No, he's adamant, like, I ain't paying for this shit. So, but so,
1: so, so, so in other words, uh, you think Aaron's an idiot? Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I love him. I love him, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to be honest. But, I mean, I know he, lo- I mean, he named his kid fucking Ace, for Christ's sake. But, but I, I mean... So
1: did Ruben, by the
0: way. But, you know, for what you're seeing... I, I mean, fuck. If you want to go, go. But you know, don't don't bitch about price when you're already being a sucker to see this lip sync shit. You know, this whew, But wait, it gets worse. <laughs> Here, well, this is Kiss related. Uh, since we've been on our little hiatus, the Vinny Vincent comeback has been postponed. Yeah. And only a few weeks prior to when it was supposed to happen. And a lot of other idiots paid to travel from all over the globe
1: to see... I feel way worse for them. I don't.
0: I I mean, you know this guy's history.
1: Yeah, but I'm sorry, dude. I mean, I I was guilty myself. uh, But,
0: I mean, this is like raw dog in a fucking hooker, and then you freak out because you caught something. Yeah,
1: but, you know, I mean, you know, there's some people that may not know the whole you know, rock and pod fiasco and, uh, and, and yeah. all these uh, promoter stories, you know, man, not everybody knows this shit.
0: But here's the thing though. Here, uh, yeah, I'm going to contradict you there. The only fucking people who know who the fuck Vinnie Vincent is are fucking diehards who know this man says, I mean, there, there's nobody, you know, you know, like you go to a fucking guns and roses show. Uh, or uh, you whatever. know what?
1: You know what? Ian? Don't even expand. You got me there. I, I, yeah, that is true. I mean, you should know, because you know, yeah. honestly, you know, if you're into Vinnie Vincent, you've got to know even, you know, the tailor that makes his fucking pantsuits. You know?
0: <laughs> exactly. They,
1: they know way more than we do.
0: Yeah. You you, know, you go you, you go to a Sabbath show, there's that person that knows Paranoid. You go to a Guns N' Roses show, you know somebody who knows, like, the, the radio songs. Yeah. You go to a Vinnie Vincent show yeah. or even know Vinnie Vincent is you are a kiss-fucking-nerd. Yeah. You know and all so, the
1: songs that fucking radio never yeah, touched.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know the history. So that is totally a buyer-beware situation. Uh, you, you know, you know if well, what I feel bad about is your mental health. If you would pay to travel to see this guy, knowing all the shit... You know, because obviously you know he's played an acoustic poorly here and there, and, you know, all this other drama. And, and you would pay all that money before you see something that eh, buyer beware man
1: I, I almost bought tickets to see him at that atlantic expo when he first came out of hiding almost uh, but then right. life got in the way and i couldn't do it but you know but uh then you know a bunch of shit happened after that yeah. like, Fuck well life hey, saved you hey fucking vinnie vincent literally played five minutes from my house at that miami gig literally Right. If I get in my car, I could be at that club. I played that club.
0: Now, that I'm surprised you didn't go to. Wasn't that for free?
1: No, I don't think so. I don't think oh, that was okay. a free show, but the thing is that, you know, honestly, I was so disgusted really about the the pod. I was like, there's no way I want to support this guy in any way shape or form. At all. Right. You know, and I could have I could have went to that and uh, but I I refused to. My drummer went Uh, But uh, and you know and I like Four by Fate. I like those guys, you know I would have liked to see them, but I was like no I don't want to be in the same venue with Vinny Vincent. I kind of like you know It's not so much. I mean, I love Aaron and those guys I do love them and I hope they don't take great offense to this But really just the way he fucked them over it. It could have been fucking you know uh, Anybody else that he would have done the same thing to I'd be like I would never support a fucker that not only like fucking changes his uh, his uh, his plans and then charges more and then fucking turns around and lies about what these guys that pretty much like has been defending the fuck for all these years and just, ah, he's a hater and all this shit. Man, I was like, fuck this guy. I would never support him. And plus, you know, I'm not a Vinnie Vincent fan. I'm a Vinnie Vincent and Kiss fan. Right. You know? So it's like I could care less of Vinnie Vincent without Kiss. And I've seen him with Kiss twice. You know, so, yeah, I saw Lick It Up and Creatures of the Night" tour. I've had my Vinnie Vincent experience. Right. When he could play. Well, journeyed you know, out
0: on that one. And, and I, I said the same thing before about when he cancels. Like, I already met him, so I could give a shit less. It was rather underwhelming yeah. the first time.
1: Yeah, I wanted uh, to meet him. I did want to meet him.
0: Right. And, and I, could, I, I, I could understand the novelty of that. But, yeah, knowing what he does now. Uh, <laughs> but now... Uh, it gets even worse too from that because not only did he postpone it but even Robert Fleischman told him to go fuck himself because now it was announced that uh, you know it's postponed but he's gonna be playing with Carmine ay and uh, Tony Franklin and to kind of really push down the, the Robert Fleischman thing to where it's just like a little blimp oh yeah and Robert Fleischman will be here too. And Robert Fleischman said, you know, all the all the shit considered, like what they were paying them and the way it was being handled and them, you know, taking care of getting them out of there. He's like, you know what? This is fuck all this shit. You know, I'm out, yeah. you know. So that just shows you what a train wreck it is. I'll be surprised if the thing with Carmine goes down. You know, uh, I got a funny. Yeah. That, that'll fuck up, too. You know, and, and let's be honest. What it is is nobody was buying these fucking tickets. And that's why they pumped, they bumped it up with Adam Carmine and Tony Franklin, thinking that's going to add some more, you know, uh, pizzazz, and people are going to want to show up because it wasn't fucking selling the first. Oh, really? The Memphis show
1: didn't really sell
0: well. Yeah, then the, it, He was going to do two nights, and the first one did, I think, like okay, and the second night was like nothing, and they just, you know, there's all these fucking problems, and probably. The motherfucker needs that extra time to practice. I don't think he can fucking play. You know, I think there's a lot of things added up. But, it, you know, yeah, it, it sucks for the people who paid to travel for that. But it's like, again, who would travel for that shit? He's, he's not that great, people. He's really not in the grand scheme of things. Um. He's great because he's in Kiss. If he was never in Kiss, nobody would give a shit. If he just put out two Vinnie Vincent albums, nobody would give a shit. But because he was in Kiss, oh, my God.
1: No, I, I think he was awesome in Kiss. He wrote some great fucking songs.
0: Right, but what I'm saying, though, is if he was never, it, it, if you never heard the, the stuff he did with Kiss, if you just heard the Vinnie Vincent Invasion, nobody would
1: give a shit. Oh, Jesus, I know I wouldn't. Yeah. That shit was terrible. Oh, God. Uh, God uh, I saw the Vinnie Vincent Invasion, too.
0: Oh, never saw him. Oh, for was...
1: Alice Cooper on that first
0: Oh, that's right. You saw that one.
1: And Then uh, he came back on the all systems go tour and he played the button south of a, a club I always went to I didn't bother to go I was like no, i ain't gonna go see Vinnie Vincent's invasion. So that you know, that's where I stand with Vinnie Vincent I'm a Vinnie Vincent kiss fan. I liked uh, some of the song that warrior CD that he ate that they took They brought out without his permission. I like some of that stuff. I like his voice But he's such a flake. He doesn't sing you know, I mean, in the past, you know, who knows how good he is now, but that guy had a great fucking voice. He, he sang. So, I love that guy's voice. And and yet he he didn't say he, he fucking he's a weird motherfucker, man. You know, I mean, Gene was right. You know, you know, the, the, that guy's like his worst enemy.
0: Yeah. So, a,
1: by the way, there there's this documentary uh, about uh, it, it's like maybe three years ago before Vinnie Vincent came out of hiding.
0: Oh, is this the one from, like, Sweden or some shit? Yeah,
1: yeah. Did you see it? No. And it's this girl talking about how, uh, Vinnie Vincent's name now is, oh, maybe I got the name wrong, but let's just say whatever, Maria. Vinnie Vincent's now a woman. They said in this thing. And, you know, when he came out, I mean, especially the pantsuit, he looks like a chick. It looks like he did have a little, you know, some kind of estrogen or some shit, you know what I mean? Right. But, uh... And, you know, they did ask him in an interview a few months ago, and he's, he didn't admit it. He said, I'd rather it be a mystery. I don't know. I think I think Vinnie Vincent may be a woman now. Right. And, and I could give a shit less about that. That's that's his business.
0: But just, you know, just because you're a fucking woman now don't mean you got to be a piece of but, shit.
1: But you know what? I, I think that's another idiot move he did, because in the world we live in today, if Vinnie Vincent would have showed up in full drag in Atlanta, that shit would have made headline news on CNN everywhere, you know, because of the whole Caitlyn Jenner generation, all this shit going on, the political correctness, how, oh, we got to accept transgenders. If he would have came out and did that, he could have got pressed with New York Times and all this shit. Oh, that guy's a moron. He, he's kind of hiding that he's a chick. That is if he really is indeed a chick. Yeah, I'm but I think he is now.
0: But do you think any kids fans thought that the Mason Dixon would show up to that shit? Yeah.
1: Oh, I can't listen to them now. Fuck that shit. No, no, I'm sorry. We're talking about KISS fans now. Yes. That, does, that doesn't even apply to them. <laughs> a, oh, my God. Cleodis, oh, my <laughs> <laughs> Hey, get the shotgun. Let's get in the pickup. We're going to
0: see that fucking fence in. Normally I wouldn't fuck with those trans testicles, but he was a he was in kiss.
1: Oh my god, I wanna get the fuck somebody in kiss.
0: I'm gonna onk his anus. I
1: mean, man, <laughs> I always thought Paul was a possibility, but this one's indefinite.
0: <laughs> Still looks better than Ma. All right. Well, what do you say now we get into this review? And uh as you guys know, we've been on hiatus for like weeks or so without a new episode and uh, I, I teased the other week that we were going to do uh, Deep Purple's Machine Head but because I was under the weather this time, it wasn't anything to do with Ralph, This was me uh, we couldn't do it the other week and Ralph said, you know what, we've been gone so long uh, you know, let's do an album that's combative <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because The listeners love when we fucking argue and we have a different opinion. And quite frankly, spoiler alert, I'm pretty sure both of us are going to love Deep Purple Machine Head. And it is going to get recorded. Uh, So uh, I I believe that was William who who paid for that one. Yes, it is coming. But Ralph, for our comeback episode, I wanted to pick something where we disagree. And uh, Ralph, what what did you suggest?
1: Well, I suggested many things because I was... Suggesting albums I love and you hate and vice versa. So we ended up uh, choosing an album that you love and I really fucking hate. And uh, and I listened to it today again. I mean, you know, I took notes here because I don't listen to this fucking album. And man, I hate it even more. <laughs> wow! This is such a shitty album. Wow! I know, I, know, I know a lot of you love it. I've seen a lot of praise for this album, even from the band himself. but Man, I just think this album, well, I'll get into that, but man, it really is a shitty album. Wow. I just think it's really, really bad. Oh yeah, we're going to lock horns. Oh yeah, it's bad. I do have a couple nice things to say on a couple songs that I don't hate on here, but the rest, ooh, God, it's fucking bad. It's terrible. It was hard for me to sit through. I mean, I got pure flashbacks watching or fucking listening to this shit. It was that bad. Blasphemy. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, yeah. why don't you tell everybody what we're going to talk about?
1: Well, yeah, look at the header on this. Yeah. What are oh, you they're... guys, blind? What, this podcast isn't braille?
0: Oh, that's right.
1: <laughs> it's Anthrax Persistence of Shit, POS. Ah. Oh. Um, fucking crap. Not piece of shit, persistence of shit. Uh, and released in 1990?
0: Yes. Yes, sir
1: uh an album i was really looking for because the way they built this album up we're pissed off now you know uh, we're not happy with state of your Furious and i hated state of your Furious. i've come around to like three four tracks on that album that i didn't really like before but i like now a lot you know and uh but State of before it fucking buries this album and that ain't a good album you know but uh you know but i was thinking all right they're pissed they're going to come back with another, you know, spread the disease type shit, you know, or, you know, maybe even different. But still, it can't be worse than *Stadium* Euphoria. But, man, and now, and look, uh, I know you were much younger than me at the time, but there was a big backlash going on with Anthrax at the time. Oh, yeah. Because, because of I'm the man. Now, I got to say, the first time I heard I'm the man was before it was released, when, when it was a B-side. I think it was a B-side to I'm the law and uh, i heard it on metal shop and the first time i heard it it wasn't that i loved it but i i found it i found it like you know okay it's a fun song they mel- they mention el Duce from the mentors you know and and the classic line you know uh, bend up and smell my anal vapor your face is my toilet paper they use some of that in there and i'm like that's so, that's so fucking cool they mentioned that and i just thought it was funny but i also thought at the time It was them goofing on rap, you know? Uh, But then, you know, I started seeing interviews. No, no, we're big rap fans. I was like, okay, that's fine. But when that shit was first released, I remember my friends, we were all like, yeah, man, that's, you know, especially like more of my bonehead close-minded friends. They were like, you know, uh, yeah, fuck rap, man. Yeah, cool, anthrax, you that. But then, you know, they started with the shorts and all goofy and every fucking picture they would take they do those stupid little silly grins and they just look to- so dopey you know and um and i was getting i was getting really annoyed with anthrax by this point like i you know, among the living i was like yeah you know it's not as good as the ones before it's okay i like you know side one more than side two but uh, you know it, it, it's it's passable then you know when i when i saw state of euphoria and also it, i was really annoyed by their interview because Charlie was just really pissed during that era, because you can tell he wanted to be as big as Metallica. You can tell he thought that he was, you know, obviously he's a better drummer than Lars. So he's like, "Why the fuck aren't we bigger than Metallica? We put out videos, Metallica doesn't, and still they're bigger than us, you know." <coughs> and and it didn't. So they changed their whole shit around because the backlash was strong. With the shorts, you notice they got rid of the shorts. They stopped doing those goofy little faces in pictures. They were all serious now and upset and pissed. And, you know, their, their, their warehouse burnt down. And they were upset about that, too. They had a lot of anger in them. And they try to channel that anger. And, and you can hear it in the lyrics. There's a lot of anger in these lyrics. But it just doesn't translate to me. It, it sounds phony. And as much as I love Belladonna, he cannot sing angry. He just can't. I don't think he can. I mean, if you listen to Spread the Disease, and even to a lesser extent, uh, Among the Living, I mean, those aren't really angry songs, you know? They're just metal songs, you know? And I thought he was good. Uh, but here, man, I, 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 dude, let me tell you, man, I know, I know they fired his ass because of this album. Because he just could not translate what Scott was trying to say. But yeah, I was like, man, I can't wait to hear this new anthrax, you know Cuz I saw their interview on headbangers ball how they're pissed and and it's album uh, Yeah, it's the best album yet and people are really gonna love it. They really did expect this shit to explode So I'll never forget when I bought it because I was with my friend Miguel who's still a buddy of mine and uh, We went and bought it. I went and bought it on CD and you know, this is back in the day We we didn't have CD players in cars. So we went to Miguel's house. We popped it in. We're sitting there waiting and We're listening to it and man. I mean I'll, I'll tell you our reactions during songs But there, there were certain type there were certain times we just look at each other going "What the fuck are they doing what? This sucks and I mean he even said it, you know, this is really terrible and I'm like, I know right and then I took it home and I was like, you know, man I, I, I'm wrong. This has got to be good, you know, but man the more I would listen to it the more I just put it away and we'll get to some songs during this review where I'm like I don't even remember this fucking song and I was hearing it it was like listening to it for the first time today because I, I guess I'd really now it's later on in the album I, I, I have a feeling like when I took it home after that I, I wouldn't I would stop it because I'd be so disgusted, you know and I, and I didn't really know the last few songs <clears throat> but that's that's what and then I saw this tour three times I saw the Time three times. Every one of those fucking times I saw them, they were very light on this album. They didn't play a lot of songs off this album, which I found very weird. You know, uh, I just found odd how they were avoiding some of these songs because, uh, as I understand, they played some of these songs early in the tour, and I don't think they thought it went over well live. And, and uh, so there, and you know, and and the stage was cool. You know, they had a big clock, and you know. And, uh, and, you know, Anthrax, you know, they're a good live band. I'm not going to slam them as far as performance and goes. I, I enjoyed all those shows I saw on that tour, but, but the album's a whole different story. But anyway, uh, that's how I first started. So uh, t- talk about when you first heard it.
0: Where, 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 where. All right. This is where I school your ass and where you people hey, wait, find wait, out.
1: Wait, hold on a second. Ian, um, what do you think of the new ace album?
0: Oh, it's fucking garbage. wah, wah,
1: wah, wah, wah. Now keep going. <laughs> well, this is where I
0: school your ass, oh, and everybody oh, finds yeah. out that, oh, okay. that you you just don't like metal. That's what it is. You don't like metal. This album's like new metal. I
1: don't like I don't
0: like shit metal. Oh, oh, really? You like the new ace I album? Like, I don't like I
1: don't like poser metal. And that's
0: rock and roll. That's not metal. Oh god. Yeah, you're right about that. It's barely rock and roll. Wah,
1: wah wah wah. wah.
0: All right. Well, I first heard uh, this album. Of course, I heard the single "Got the Time." Loved that. Uh, wasn't aware at the time it was a Joe Jackson cover.
1: Neither was I. Because
0: I only knew, you know, I knew a few Joe Jackson songs from the uh, from the radio, but I didn't. I didn't know like you know any deep cuts or anything like that. And of course, it didn't sound like any of those that I heard. Uh, but I loved that fucking song. I loved Anthrax. Uh, Anthrax was a song, the, the band that really got me into thrash. Uh, cause at first even, you know, I heard a couple, like I warmed up to Metallica a little bit. But, you know, I was used to singers and shit like that. And that's what really attracted me to Anthrax, is they really had a singer. Uh, you know, that made it easier for me to get into this music that was much, much heavier than, oh my god, Kiss, you know. Or Van Halen, the other shit I was listening to. It was totally Joey that sold this band for me. Uh, you know, God Among the Living was the first one I bought. And God, uh, you know, I'm the Man. And I loved I'm the Man. And I thought it was a goof. I wasn't a big, you know, rap head or anything like that. But I liked some Run DMC. You know, rap was very much almost like a, you know... It was it was cartoonish. It was funny music. You know, at least the shit that, that, that you know white bread kids heard in, in the suburbs. <laughs> you know, it wasn't public enemy. It was like, parents don't understand and fucking run DMC and shit. I don't that. really
1: consider I'm the man of rap. song. It really does sound like they're goofing on rap. Especially if you look at that album cover. And that's what we all thought back then. So we found out they really were, you know.
0: Right. Well, anyway, I liked it. And yeah, uh, they
1: purposely didn't rhyme in the song, you know.
0: You know. And I got uh, State of Euphoria and I like State of Euphoria. and a matter of fact, I like it more now than I did back then. So do I. But I knew there was something a little bit off about it compared to, and at that time I didn't have spreading the disease or, or a fistful of metal. I didn't get the good stuff till years later. You say. Uh, oh, well,
1: well, well.
0: So, <laughs> uh, you know, years later, I pretty much, you know, I, I jumped on board with Among the Living and, and went from there. It wasn't until years later that I went back and got Spreading and Fistful. And I, I love Spreading now. I love it. Love it to death.
1: That's the best with Joey, man. <laughs> down.
0: Fistful of Metal, I don't mind it. I like some stuff. But to me, it sounds like a garage band playing Man of War covers for the first time. Uh, you know, to, to me... Oh. <laughs> See,
1: you made me chuckle.
0: <laughs> And, and to me, the biggest weak point of that is uh, is the singer. And he might be the nicest guy in the world. And I know he's got a new band. I'd like to hear what he sounds like now.
1: He's, he sounds, dude, that guy's voice now, he sounds like Coverdale. He's got this real powerful, amazing voice. He doesn't sound like that anymore. Yeah, well. He's, he's that, got a really amazing voice now.
0: Then I might like it because on Fistful of mel- and I even went because many times I was listening to this album, getting ready for this. I went back because I knew how you felt about Fistful. <laughs> I'm like, man, maybe maybe there's something I'm missing. Because I remember when I bought it, I bought a used copy and uh, I listened to it. You know, just because I loved Anthrax so much. And I was just like, yeah, boy, this ain't my Anthrax. It's,
1: it's Timeline, dude. Let oh, yeah. You if you, you were my Anthrax, no, I, you'd I, worship I, that fucking album. Oh, this yeah. no, my, I, fucking, It's the best fucking Anthrax album in my book. Hands down.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's, spreading
1: it's pretty damn close. Yeah, that, 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 I love Fistful.
0: That, that, yeah, that, that's totally timeline, but, you know, it's harder, you know, because I came into them when they were making better albums. So to go back and listen to stuff that's not like, as good. Like this one, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck
1: Timeline's yeah. Timeline's everything, bro. Yeah. But I was already
0: an Anthrax fan, and I was waiting for this one to come out, and I'll never forget going to uh, my best friend Lars Jensen's house. And uh, his brother's friend had bought it the first day. And we walk in, and they're sitting at the kitchen table and, you know, got it on cassette, you know, sitting there with a boombox. We're like, hey, this is the new Anthrax. I'm like, awesome. And everybody I knew loved it, like, right away. thought, oh, yeah, oh, this is is better than fucking uh, uh, State of Euphoria. You know, but then again, I'm a much bigger Anthrax fan than you are. You have to admit that.
1: I mean, I'm a bigger fan of the earlier stuff
0: than you are. Well, you're a bigger fan of Fistful of Metal, you know. And I love
1: spreading. I love Dark and Dangerous. Yeah, I know. I, I love that too, but yeah. I, I... I love Sound of White Noise. Which I, 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 mean,
0: I, I mean, you're the guy that shits all over Among the Living, and that's considered their best album I by shit, most people. I
1: shit all over Side
0: 2. Yeah, but you don't even like fucking Indians, for Christ's sake. One of their most no, signature I, songs. That, that's on
1: Side 2. Cry for the wow, that's trash. Let's cry for the. Uh, I
0: fucking love that fucking song.
1: <laughs> that that that's
0: the song that got me into Anthrax, man. When I saw that, Dang. when I saw that video.
1: When, when you when you listen to Indians, do you get the same reaction when I hear Daniel by Elton John?
0: No, I don't cry at all, but I love what they're saying. Well,
1: oh, wow, you're not you're a poser, dude. You gotta cry for the Indians. Yeah. Some fan you are of that song.
0: Yeah, no, but I think it's one of the best fucking Anthrax songs ever.
1: Yeah, all right. I like war dance, 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 dance! I like
0: that part. And if I, I mean, really, you think anything on Fistful of Metal is better than Indians?
1: I think everything oh, is better than God. God. Even, even the, the lackluster cover of 18 is better than Indians. Wow, well, it's I think I careful
0: You want to pick a, competi- uh, a combative fucking episode, you got it. Cause uh, I, I love this fucking one, and yeah, you. Well, I got
1: I gotta really build myself up to be pissed. I, I, I don't get. I'm very hard. It's very hard for me to get upset over, you know, people that like stuff I don't like. But I, I'm gonna try.
0: All right. I I got a feeling you might do it. I don't know. You
1: gotta you, you gotta you gotta pull my strings. Down. <laughs> you gotta be
0: better. <laughs> I'm not trying. I'm trying. I'm I'm just trying to be honest. I'm not trying to start a fight out of nothing. But if it happens, hey, it happens.
1: Be great for the show. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> but uh, you know, another thing, I love the production on this because Mark Dotson produces, who produced a lot of albums that I liked this time. He did a lot of uh, "Suicidal Tendencies" around this time, uh, and, and I just thought it had a great fucking sound. And I heard like Justin Childers bitches about how the guitars sound on this. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. I think they sound great. I think there's some amazing solos from Spitz on this. I think some of the best rhythm work ever by Scott on this, and the drums by Charlie are fucking amazing. Bello's bass is on fucking point, as always. My favorite thrash metal bass player ever, Frankie Bello. And fucking Benente, who is still my my favorite thrash drummer. As much as I love Lombardo, and I love fucking Lombardo, I gotta say, overall, Charlie Benente's my favorite out of the big four. Well, one
1: thing I will not argue with you is the talent,
0: I think all of them are great players. All right. All right. Well, uh, well you agree on that. Why don't... Uh, well, you know, and, and another thing I say you touched on is how pissed off they were because they had the shit, you know, the backlash. They had the fire. They had all this shit. Uh, so, yeah, and I remember it as you that they were talking about this in interviews. Like, yeah, this is going to be fucking angry. This is going to be pissed off. And I think a lot of fans were waiting for that, you know, coming off a state of euphoria. Uh, you know, here you don't have the, the jokier songs. You don't have the, you know, the Stephen King songs. Uh,
1: no bad words. To, to me... Except, except for like one or two on
0: Stephen King. You know, t- to me, though, the one thing I will say about this is this album is kind of a one-trick pony. And that's why I can see why... If you don't like it, has an overall theme and an overall sound. Yeah, and, the
1: it, theme
0: is and, and if you don't like that, then yeah, you're probably not going to like this. Because a lot of it does sound similar uh, and have a similar tone. I mean, it's very dark, very pissed off. But if you're not feeling that, you're not going to feel the rest of the album. Because it's very, I, I don't know, to me this is an album that has a very particular sound. At a particular attitude, and you're either on board or you're not. Obviously, you're not. Obviously, I am. Uh, but but I'm curious to hear what the fuck bothers you about this album. So why don't you take the first track?
1: All right, the first track is called "Time Diarrhea." This is fucking terrible. This is when they started with that choppy shit. That ding 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 ding. Oh, by a minute into this song, I am beyond annoyed with that choppy crap. It's such a try-hard song. You know, I have seen them on this tour three fucking times, like I said. They've never played this song. The, every time they'd come out on stage, they play the intro. The, you'd see the clock doing the whole thing. Then Scotty Ian would come out, and they'd do the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And then they'd stop and go into NFL. You know, they, they I guess this didn't translate well live, you know? And uh, I don't know dude. It's just it, Thank God they didn't play this. I just feel this song is terrible. I don't like the whole I don't like Joey's performance Joey. I love Joey. I really do don't get me wrong What he did on on even on the among the living stuff that I liked, NFL caught in the Mosh, among the living Skelts in the closet one of my favorites. Uh, I Think he was great. He was a breath of fresh air for thrash because he has more of a clean vocal and this and that but those songs weren't of an angry nature they weren't songs about you know anger and that's why it worked for me when he's trying to be angry and, and you gotta remember he's singing through somebody else's thoughts right. somebody else's lyrics and Scott really, really it really bothered him that He couldn't get that point across that he wanted to get across because as he said he'd rather have a lion in a band than a bird and that's what he called joy, but now of course He's gonna fucking say different because you know Joey's in the band, but uh, I don't know and you know and, and sh- It's not just Joey though. I, I just feel the song and, and and it's like to me. It's just a try hard. Let's try do something different Let's do let's th- let's change around the vocal melody. Let's do this and that. Let's try to be original. And it doesn't work. I like when they were straightforward, Medusa, AIR, Lone Justice, Stand, stand uh the Enemy, shit like that. Aftershock, Gung Ho. That, to me, is anthrax. That, to me, is real fucking anthrax. When they were just, like, hungry. Here, they're just pissed off that Metallica's bigger than them. And that is a fact. That's one thing they never said back then, but Scott Ian has said in recent interviews, in a joking manner, but he was like, man, everybody was telling us, man, you're going to be as big as Metallica, what the hell happened, why aren't we there, you know, especially after the, the reception of this album, because As big as you may think Anthrax was, they weren't. They weren't headlining great big places. They were opening. I saw them open for Maiden. I saw them open for Ozzy. They were an opening band, and they would play theaters. You know? I mean, the biggest Anthrax ever got was State of Euphoria, Headbangers, Baltimore. That was the biggest. That was them at their their peak. Though, Sound of White Noise, uh, they did play a big amphitheater. But, man, and, and I love that album. I love that album, but it fucking plummeted because they had, not them, but their management had the bright idea to put fucking uh, Black Lodge as a second single. Only did great. Only put them in amphitheaters. Black Lodge threw them back in the theaters. But anyway, that's what I feel about time. What do you think?
0: Well, I think you did say a lot of stuff I will agree with and a lot of shit I I don't. Uh, First of all, I will say... What you said about Joey not pulling this stuff off, Scott Ian said as well. Uh, At the time, if if you look at when they got John Bush, Scott bitched about that, saying Joey couldn't pull that off. I disagree. Uh, Yeah, I know he didn't write it, but when he sings it, it's fucking music to my fucking ears. I think he sounds amazing on this. Uh, But Hey man, that that's just me because you and Scott agree on that, or at least you know he said it at that time, and you know I remember what you what he said about you know the bird and the lion and all that shit. Uh, But to me, it was perfect because it was angrier music. But to me, it was sung really fucking well, and I and I bought into it, man. I thought this was a great fucking opener, pissed off, raging, crushing, and heavy. I love the heaviness of this album. To me, though, the whole thing is just heavy but it reminds me um it reminds me kind of like when overkill did i hear black you know they they slowed it down a little bit there's stuff on this that's maybe not as thrashy but to me it's heavier and and that's kind of exactly what overkill did with i hear black uh i love this one man i think it's a great opener uh but you know you you said you said a lot of stuff about like when they peaked and they were they were the smallest of the big four
1: not in the 80s dude they were number two they were bigger than Megadeth and Slayer in the 80s it was that this album is when Megadeth and Slayer took over Uh, yeah no it's it's the truth dude I mean I'm telling you they played bigger venues during state of euphoria had bigger uh, better opening slots Slayer and Megadeth were still playing small theaters. It wasn't until Rust and Peace and fucking uh, not even seasons. It was actually divine intervention where Slayer went into the bigger venue. But Anthrax was doing way better than both. Than, than both those bands, dude. Anthrax at one point really was on the heels of Metallica, but they blew it. Well,
0: I, I can see maybe uh, like as far as being on MTV and stuff like that. Yeah, but I could say like you know where I was at in school and the, and the kids listened to this. Of course, you know, Metallica was king, you know, this is before the black album. You know, Metallica is is the ultimate. But Slayer and Megadeth always had more respect in the metalhead circles where oh, I was around. No,
1: no, 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 Ian. Let me let me make this clear. Slayer and Megadeth were way more respected than Anthrax in my circle. I'm talking about you know uh overall dude i i believe anthrax was the first to have a gold album uh other than metallica uh, you know i'm the man went gold right you know and these guys weren't still gold yet
0: dude. well i i think uh i think i'm among the living did too no but I'm, I'm saying they had more you would see them more on mtv than you would Megadeth, and and,
1: and they played bigger venues dude i'm telling you.
0: it's there. it's there yeah no but i'm also telling you you know it, the kids i went to school with and everything. They, people i was around Slayer and Megadeth had more street cred same here so you know
1: just uh, you know uh, circles are different than you know the masses i'm saying for the masses they were doing way better than those two
0: Yeah masses. but when i'm 16 uh, you know i know circles you know i mean i mean i knew that you saw anthrax more but i'm telling you that you know the kids i went to school with and the older kids you know the kids you bought drugs off of and shit like that you know it was more about Slayer and because and, and, they were they were more dangerous
1: yeah. you know where no no you, cause Anthrax look because I hung out with thrashers because I was a thrasher uh Slayer and Megadeth were way better than Anthrax to all my circles just like your circle of friends it was the same thing but Joey had more of an appealing voice for the matter yeah yeah and and not you know and plus Anthrax is from New York they broadcasted MTV from New York they knew people there, so they were always, you know, they were buddy buddy with them. And MTV sponsored the headband ball tour. Right. They had way more push than, but it was it was this tour and Clash of the Titans. Fucking proves it. It was Megadeth headlining Slayer and Anthrax below, below both of them. This is the album that fucking pushed them down Ugh. in popularity.
0: But uh, I, but I gotta say though, among everybody I was around, man, everybody. Fucking love this album, and I think I think time kicks ass. I, I think it's a great fucking opener, and uh, I'll take the next one, blood. You better uh, not like
1: it, you son
0: of a bitch. Oh, I fucking love it. A, what? A great intro with that Anthrax walk that I love. You know that. No, I, mean, I mean, to me, that's a. No,
1: that's not this song, is it?
0: Yeah. It starts like Indians, don't it? Yeah, right? yeah, but yeah. when it gets into the guitar, it's like that. To me, is, is classic fucking Anthrax, right. and uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure what. I mean, this song could be about like gang violence. Uh, you know, you could also relate it to the fucking metal community. <laughs> you know, you know where it's like we all love the same music, but we all attack each other. You know, for views and different views. I fucking love this song, and I think it's a great follow-up to Time. I I think it has a great flow. I do think this album is heavy-loaded at the beginning, uh, that if they could have switched a couple songs that they choose to cut down here, mixed it up a little bit better, it would have helped the overall flow, because I'm definitely more of a side one than a side two guy. Uh, But fuck, I I, I think it's a great one-two punch. I got nothing bad, nothing but praise to say about Blood. I love it. Let's hear you shit on it.
1: Dude, this one's even worse than Time. This song sucks at every angle. The riff doing the, the verses is okay. You know, it's probably the only thing I can say about it, but the vocals are more lazier than Dan Spitz' left eye. Ouch,
0: that's funny, though.
1: Yeah, comedy ain't pretty. That's right. Uh, you know, and you yeah, know, yeah, like, you know, I'm going to repeat myself, you know, because I'm reading notes here, by the way. Uh, they always said in interviews how pissed off they were on this album with the fire and the backlash they got for the shorts and dopey smiles and in photo fo- and photo shoots. But to me, it, it don't matter how pissed off they are. Joey just can't translate anger at all. He was, you know, a major problem for him. And you know, like Scott said, that's why he, they fired him, and that's no secret. You know, he said it many times. Uh, and I just think this song is like, it gets worse. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't think it's the worst song on here, because there is a like, you know, I can, I can appreciate when Joey's singing that riff going on under him. It's pretty cool, you know. But that's it. But I, I just think, you know, imagine, dang, 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 dang. I just, I don't know, dude. And 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 it is them like desperately trying to be, you know, Anthrax, like trying to reinvent the sound and be different than Metallica and and everybody else just to be because Megadeth had their sound, Slayer had their sound, and Metallica had their sound. Anthrax were, you know, I mean the good shit, like Among the Living, when that album starts, it sounds like fucking Metallica. You know, they were following, you know, and now they're trying to separate themselves and be like original. And it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work for me. But the I'll go to the next one. Keep it in the family ooh anthrax getting cutting edge here by using the n-word you know and, and i and i bet they really were expecting a lot of publicity from this song but to their surprise no one gave a fuck because this song fucking sucks yeah the riffs are heavy but it goes nowhere and the lyrics are stupid as fuck you can't think with your dick but you can't shout what the fuck is that you know that's Nikki six lyrics right there, man. It's uh, you know, and it's a statement song that fell flat went nowhere It's their anti-racism song and it just goes on way too long You know, I, I can appreciate the sentiment, you know, cuz I hate racism too, but uh, keep it to the family uh, They should have keep it They should have kept it on the moon I really don't like the song at all. And this is the first song so far on this album that was played on this tour a lot and even went into uh, uh, Sound of White Noise. That whole tour, they played this song as well. That's what I think of this one. How about you?
0: Yeah, well, I think it's the best fucking song on the album and one of the greatest fucking anthrax songs ever. Uh, I I think it has the best lyrics. I think it has something very important to say and uh, very heartfelt, man. I love it. I I, I mean, the one one lyric that's a little bit off, you did pick out, you, you know, you can think with your dick, but it can't shout. I mean, and I know what they're saying, it does come off kind of weird, but the rest of it I think is fucking spot on and perfect, and I think it's something that probably fell on deaf ears in the metal community uh, for the most part, because most of them are fucking racist, you know?
1: And, and and I'll tell you this, I'm sure the metal community really did fucking inspire Scott to write these lyrics, because of the backlash of the rap shit, I'm sure you heard a lot of fucking idiots say... Oh, you're playing that end music, you know, shit like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. I do get it. I do get what he's trying to say, and I appreciate it. I just think it wasn't delivered properly. Uh, well, but, I think
0: so it was. Keep going. I think it was delivered fucking perfectly. I think it's perfect lyrically, perfect musically. I, I mean, honestly, this is probably my top three all-time fucking uh, Anthrax songs ever. Uh, it, it's To me, it, it's absolutely fucking perfect and important. And, and it's important for a metal band to, to fucking sing something like this. Uh, uh, especially if, if you look at shit nowadays. What's sad is, I think a song like this is more poignant and more important now than it ever was. And, and all you gotta do is, is go on fucking Blabbermouth and and, and read comments. And, and you'll see what they're talking about, and it, it's sad.
1: It's. I think I think back then was even worse because now we have a lot of you know, uh, you know people that are against racism. You know, I mean, there's a lot of black and white. You know, uh, I mean, come on, man, a lot of how many white kids love rap more than metal now? Back then, it was unheard of. You know, it's yeah, like, but much but, more, but what's funny? I mean, there's still that element, but you gotta remember, Blaverman is full of fucking people from my generation.
0: You know, but I know a lot of fucking. Some of the most racist people I know love fucking rap. They love rap, but boy, they hate them some niggers. You know, oh, yeah, yeah but I but I bumped this shit, you know. But it's like they only like black people if they're fucking entertaining them. You know, if they're catching a football or a basketball, then they're okay. You know, or if they're rapping, they're okay, but you try to fuck my sister, I'll fucking kill you. You know, and it, it, it's fucking sad, and it's pathetic, and, you know,
1: metal... It's the upbringing, too. You,
0: you know, but but it sucks, though, because cause metal, as much as I love this music, and I love the, the freedom and the rebellion of it, I gotta say, it does attract the lowest common domin- denominator, like fucking country or rap.
1: Have you seen mumble rappers lately? I think they're catching up. <laughs>
0: You know, no, I'm I'm just saying though, it's like the metal community in a whole. Uh, you know, I've always said this. You know, you go to a metal show, look at some of the people around you. You might meet some cool people, but you're going to see a lot of motherfuckers that you would never talk to. <laughs> you I know, agree with you. Or, 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 or hang No, narrowing. I see
1: it. I see it all over uh, my Facebook. You know, I I just recently deleted this guy on my. Almost Humans thing, talking about the that Paul Stanley guitar. He said, only a Jew would pull something like this off. I go, you know what? You're fucking gone, you some piece of shit. I mean, that mentality. Only right. a Jew. Man, if I could sell that guitar, this spick would do it in a second. Idiot. Right. And he would, too. That fucking hypocrite. I, I wish I remembered his name. I, I You know, here's the thing, too. Uh, let's talk about the guy that wrote these lyrics. I really do feel he is a pussy I mean, there's so many examples I can give you, like when. Well, who who who,
0: who wrote? Is it Charlie
1: or is it Scott? No, Scott. Scott writes all the lyrics. No, no, not true. Not. Well, I know Scott wrote these lyrics. That I know, but um, really, I I didn't know that Uh, Charlie writes some lyrics. Charlie
0: writes a lot of lyrics too. Okay,
1: I didn't know that, but anyway, I know it because in interviews. But this is a guy that you know at one time was like nobody talks bad about Dimebag during my time. And then Ted Nugent came out and saw all this shit about fucking Dimebag, and then got did, you know, was doing that show. He didn't say a fucking word. Matter of fact, all he did was praise Ted Nugent after that, but he attacked Dan Spitz. This is a guy that was in a band with the album called Speak English or Die. This is a guy that produced an album that had lyrics saying, fuck the nigger charity and let him die of thirst. You know, this is a guy all before all this shit. Why did he do it? Because back then he wasn't going to tell fucking Billy Milano a goddamn word, because he's a pussy. Now all of a sudden he grew balls. You know, look, and again, I'm I'm praising him for writing these lyrics, even though I think they're hokey and they come off. But the sentiment, I agree with 100%. But I just find this guy to be a phony. I still find him to be a phony. You know, and and even, like, dude, I never, I've met Scott Ian many times. Only one time he was nice to me on the SOD show. But the the last time, and I didn't even bother to go up to him was on that motorboat, he was such a snotty fucking idiot that, you know, the way he was with uh, Rita, you know, Dimebag's girlfriend, Phil, all these people. like them, oh, these guys are awesome, a fucking guy comes up to like talk to him, oh, peasant, you know, he's got this cocky attitude that he'll, he'll kiss anybody's ass, you know, that, uh, uh, that, that that's made something of themselves, but as far as fans go, he's got total disrespect for all of us. And you can say that to everybody that's met Scott Ian. And like the funniest shit was when my drummer met him on, uh, they paid VIP to meet him. And then uh, it, it was so horrible. They started bitching at him when he came outside. Scotty Ian sat there and listened to this guy's dad bitch him out. And then Scotty Ian goes, look, I don't mean to be a dick, but look, I've been sitting, I've been here five minutes with you. I mean what kind of shit is yeah, that would he say that to Rita?
0: I, I'm not I'm not trying to defend Scott and everybody no, no, everybody no, no, knows no. am not,
1: not saying I'm not saying you're I'm not saying anything about what you're saying. I'm just telling you the guy that wrote these lyrics is you know, he, you know, he, let me put it this way, man, if racism was cool, he'd still be making speak English a Die" out. You know? So I, I'd rather hear somebody else I, I think somebody else can translate these lyrics better than me. Oh, I, I
0: I like the, I like the way they're delivered. I like the sentiment, and to me, that's what's important. I mean, I yeah, I, they, I I they I, like I, I like love Nugent. Ted Nugent music. I think he's a total fucking piece of shit scumbag, but I yeah. I love his guitar, and I, I love a lot of his songs. So I I can separate that, you know. And I'm not here to defend him. I I fucking trash Scott so many times on this fucking show, you know. uh but I, I'm just saying what the song means to me. I mean, I mean, I'm, I don't care who fucking wrote it. I think lyrically it's written perfect, and I love what it says. Uh,
1: yeah, but you know, when somebody like Axl Rose sings a song about how Stephanie Stibor broke his heart, there you have a problem with a song how somebody wrote
0: it. All right, where are we? What's the next song? In my world. What Oh, In My World. Holy fuck, do I love this goddamn song! And I, I put, I put this up the other day. On a, a classic or crap. And uh, I was surprised. Like, early on, me, too, th- me too. there was a lot of hate for this song. Yeah, and and then later on, there was a lot of love for this song. And I was surprised. Cause I'm like, how can anybody hate this fucking song? I'm like, fuck yeah, this is a kick-ass tune uh, about th- th- this kid had a hard fucking life. <laughs> and he's pissed off. Oh, but, man, I love it. Spitz is on fire with his solos. Ian's on solo uh, on point with his fucking uh, riffs. Benante's on... P- I mean, everything about this song works for me. I mean, I really... I mean, this is just a crunching fucking metal song. And I don't see how anybody could fucking hate this one. But I was surprised. I did see some hate for it. But by the end of it, it was more loved than hated. But I did see some hate for this. And I gotta say, I was surprised. But uh, something tells me you weren't surprised.
1: Well, you remember what I said. (laughs) No. I I commented on classic. classic. Right, but
0: I can't remember what you said. I just know you don't like it.
1: Yeah, it fucking sucks. They're going to put me in jail. I'm already in jail. Don't they know that my life is just one big Well, well, let me me ask you this. Does every fucking, every song written,
0: do you take what the the singer says verbatim? Uh, you know, like any song that, you know, I'm the baddest guy alive. Do you automatically think they're the baddest guy alive?
1: No, but I'm telling you, it's not delivered well enough. I find it laughable. I really do. I don't, I, I, you know, I don't know. It's kind of like Donny Osmond trying to be a tough guy. It just doesn't, and the, the, the bottom line is maybe Charlie wrote this one, but he's, you know, I mean, he's not as vocal as Scott, but he seems kind of pussyish too. I mean, the guy's shy playing guitar on stage can't face the audience. Well, he like beat thing. his fucking yeah.
0: wife, goddammit.
1: No, it was the other way around. Oh. Dude, his wife beat him. You didn't know that story? Oh. He never, he never laid a hand on her. She fucked him up. And that chick was hot.
0: Well, he should have. If a chick hits you, beat her fucking ass. That's, what I, that's what I say.
1: Nah, that, that goes against my next song. Don't beat chicks up. <laughs>
0: well, no, 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 no. I mean, not for shits and giggles. You
1: know? <laughs> no, I agree. A girl comes after you, you know, to beat you up. I don't. I honestly don't think you should hit a girl unless she comes with you at knife You should restrain her. Yeah. And and kick her ass out of the house. But I I don't believe in hitting a girl unless it's life threatening. That's the only. Yeah. Answer. Yeah, but I'm saying you
0: know you know some some chicks. This is my thing with chicks. There's a lot of chicks, and I'm not condoning wife beating at all because that shit, that shit's terrible. You know, like guys who just have a bad day and come home and beat the shit out of their old lady. Yeah, that, that's fucking wrong, and you're a pussy. But, you know, sometimes you get these chicks who think that they can say or do whatever and you can't, you know, touch them because they're a chick. You know,
1: and they they can
0: sit there and they can punch you and they can do all that. No, fuck that. that,
1: Fuck that. I I just get away. I just get away. I got I had a girl slap me once so hard that I got so mad that I turned around and punched the door. I mean, even in a a situation like that, you know, I know not to punch a girl. I, I just kick her out or walk away. Because hitting, to me, hitting a girl, and I know I'm going to sound chauvinistic by saying this, it's like hitting a kid. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, sure, there's like, you know, big-ass wrestling chicks that probably beat the living shit out of me. But for the most part, like Charlie's wife, come on, man. I could beat the living shit out of that bitch in a second. And so could fucking Charlie. You hear how hard he hits those drums? I bet he could beat the fuck out of her. But, you know, I applaud him for not. <coughs> anyway, so let me get back to the song. I just think... You know, not so much that, you know, all oh, because the people that wrote it are pussies. So I really do think that the way they write their anger is laughable. You know, especially coming from this guy trying to convey that he is some kind of badass. I don't know if you ever saw the VH1 special called Badass, uh, where they had like Scotty and all these people talking about, yeah, Lemmy's a true badass. Everybody's talking about this guy's a badass. Danzig's a badass. And then they, 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 they picked Scottie and, and you know who calls Scott Ian a badass? Who? Scott Ian. Oh. That's it. Nobody else. I, I consider myself a badass. I didn't see, like, Lemmy or, or all these other people interviewed saying, yes, that Scott Ian's a badass. Oh, yeah, you know, he got arrested for trying to rip off a New York Yankees diamond in, up in North Florida somewhere. Uh, That's how badass he is. And was. Howard
0: Stern got him out of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I heard that. I actually heard that shit live when it happened. Well that's John Steinbrenner yeah. and I on the phone. But anyway, uh, I don't know. You know, these lyrics are just so fucking emo with the boo-hoo. I've had a bad life and I'm pissed at society. In my world, I'm cold. My defense is like stone. I'm one mad panda. You know, what, what the fuck is this? You know, grunge thrash? Look at me. I'm not afraid. Let me say it over and over again that I'm not afraid. Add this crappy, choppy music this song makes it fucking ridiculous to me, and I fucking hate but it. But it,
0: it, it seems to me though, like you're you're judging it by the deliverer and not the and uh, and the music
1: and the chop, the chop oh, drives me
0: nuts. Yeah, I I love the music, but I feel like think, like think, think, you think, know, think, if, think, if if, think, if think, Phil Anselmo was saying it, you would you would believe it, but you don't believe it coming out of Joey Belladonna. Uh,
1: because because Phil Anselmo is more uh, vague in his delivery. He's got this, you know. You, know, you listen to like a song like Walk. It's not so, you know, blatant like, oh, "Look at me, I'm a badass." He's pretty much saying, "Walk away." You know, "Stop with your shit. You're a fucking idiot. Get the fuck away from me." See, that to me is a badass, you know? This one is like, ah, "I'm mad at society." Ah. You know, "Fuck you." You're not mad at society. You're Scott Ian. You're mad you couldn't get that fucking New York Diamond, New York Yankees diamond plate out, out of the fucking field. That's what you're mad about. And you're mad that your singer sings like a bird. That's the. That's what you're mad about. And, and Charlie's mad that a chick beat his ass.
0: All right. Well, why don't you take the next song, Gridlock?
1: Okay. Uh, but one more thing. If you know what I would really, if Anthrax ever wrote a song where they're talking about fucking Metallica taking our fame, that would sound convincing to me. That would really sound convincing. All right. Gridlock. Oh, my God, does this one suck fucking ass. It's a long time, long time coming. A huge pile of steam and suck. More try-hard garbage. Anthrax, at this point, lost a plot. You know, this song is trying so hard to, to, with these original, all these dumbass vocal pattern changes. More, you know, th- this song, to me, is the most annoying song yet on this album. Fuck this song. What do you think?
0: Uh, I fucking love this, one. and I I thought you would jump all over this because uh, if you read the lyrics, this is a very positive anti poser song. It's about being real and about karma biting you in the ass. This reminds me of something you would write, like well, like know, seriously, like I you know you might not like it musically or whatever, but I read the lyrics. And, and, yeah, and, I
1: didn't read these. Yeah, lyrics.
0: read the lyrics. Go back and read the uh, lyrics. And okay. I think
1: maybe I'll take the. Lyrics and, and, and this the
0: lyrics. to me sounds like a fucking Ralph Vieira song.
1: Well, there you go. Maybe the lyrics do, do uh, are great, but to tell you the truth, this song is so noisy and and all over the place. I couldn't concentrate. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, go back and read the lyrics. I mean, this this is to me the epitome of what you always talk about. Uh, always. You know, overcoming an adversity, and you know, will not give up. You know, and you know, and and Carmel bite you in the ass. This is a Era song, through and through. F- yeah,
1: that sounds like that sounds like me. So you may be right. Uh, I just didn't really pay attention.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that the song that, the song threw me off. Well, that's my advice. Go back and read the lyrics, and then get back to me. All right. All right. Well, I will flip this album over, and go to the next song, which is a instrumental called "Into Reality." And uh, fuck yes, Maiden Love at its best. And this is, you know, a band that was highly influential on uh, on Anthrax, was Iron Maiden, you know, specifically on Scott Ian. And to me, this reminds me of the old, like, instrumental intros, uh, intros that Maiden used to do. Uh, I love this. I love the little spoken word from uh, Twilight Zone that's at the beginning. Uh, I love the bass.
1: Oh, yeah? What, what episode, Ian?
0: It is... uh oh, you remember? Uh, hold on. I will find it. I had it here. Uh, Death's Head Revisited is the episode hmm. that that's spoken words from.
1: Doesn't ring a bell. I got to see it. I got the whole box.
0: Oh, thing. I love Twilight Zone. Oh, the one of
1: the best
0: shows ever. Oh, love it. Uh, Yeah, but I,
1: I really dig this.
0: You know, it's it's kind of a lengthy intro. Uh, You know, because I truly see it as an intro to Belly of the Beast. Uh, But I dig it. I I like where it goes. And I I, I think it's a cool way to start up side two. You know, because when I bought it, I can't remember. Actually, I think I did. I bought this on CD, not cassette. I first heard it on cassette, but bought it on CD. But uh, a cool way to start it out. And a nice little ditty. What do you think?
1: This song fucking rules. I've always liked this one. I mean uh i just you know uh let me look at my notes here you know yeah only good song on the whole uh, <laughs> uh, uh the whole time the instrumental it's total maiden worship i like uh a speed up version of the you know what well, what i meant to say it's like a speed up version of the middle section of of um rhyme of the ancient mariner you know it's like sped up a little bit that's what but you know, I I love the flow on this one. Great melodic playing by Scott and Dan. That that melodic solo thing part. Great bass work by Frankie. And uh, you know, of course, you know, Charlie's always solid. Uh, I can actually hear a song on this one. You know, it's got great changes. This song, I would say, is actually amazing. So you know, there you go. I got something to say. I love it. I love this song. This is. You know, I don't think Anthrax has any other instruments like, oh yeah, Across the River, off my favorite album, Fistful of Metal, and I like this more than Across the River. How do you like those? Anthrax? Wow,
0: and I, and Across the River, I absolutely love, and and oh, and it's a, awesome. And again, I find it very maidenish, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, they were very maiden back then. Yeah. And maiden needed accept, kind of. Right. But um, and Priest, but uh, I love it. Now I'll go into the next song. Uh the beast. of the beast which is, you know, intro to the reality, segue into the song that starts off so amazing. And I even like Joey on this song. I like the vibe, the menacing and dark, you know, here I can hang, Uh, you know, until it speeds up with that bridge and chorus. it, It doesn't take a nosedive for me, but you know, it's still above water, but it does take a nosedive when he goes, million never never again I hate that part I think it sucks but then it goes back on track the middle section is pretty badass uh, but then they go back to the fucking millions a little bit toward the end And but you know I will say for the most part uh, this is a good song and it's the best song on here with vocals on it so there you go look at me oh wow nice look at that what do you think about it alright
0: well my notes another winner uh, but I'm not sure what this one's about. You know, I was...
1: It's not angry, so that's why I
0: like it. Well, I i mean, kind of. But, you know, I, I read all the lyrics as I was reviewing this, too. And this is one I couldn't quite get a feel on at first. I I'm like, is it—is it about the Holocaust? And, and I... could, could it be about that episode? From Twilight yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure, because I'd have to go back and, and revisit what that uh, episode was about. But, uh... I don't know, I love Belly of the Beast, and, and I think, I mean, I love having, you know, Into Reality before it, I think it's a great one-two punch, uh, but yeah, I'm just not quite sure what it's about, but I, I do love it, and to me there hasn't been a clunker yet, even though you disagree, uh, but then we'll go to the, the biggest song on the album, which is Got the Time, the first single, uh, Joe Jackson cover. Man, it, it just kicks ass. I mean, it's it's one of those... Uh, I listened to it today. It's one of those... I was almost going to skip just because I've heard it so many times. And they always play it live. I mean, you're always going to hear Got the Time. Uh, but it's a great fucking song. But I, I think, you know, even though I didn't know at first... I found out shortly after. But I didn't know at first it was another cover... But when I found out it was a cover, I gotta say, I was a little bit disappointed, because I'm thinking, like, man, your first single off this album is a cover, The you know, the first single off the last album was a cover, you know, you're kind of treading dangerous water there, uh, because it kind of makes it look like you can't write anything on your own, and hey, they had a great hit with, you know, uh, Antisocial. And yeah, nobody on this side of the pond knew that song. Hell, probably half the people in Europe didn't know it because by a French band called Trust that Nico McBrain uh, was drummer in before he joined Iron Maiden. But now again, you're doing another cover. Like, uh... But the song is so fucking good. But it does stick out like a sore thumb because the rest of this album is all fucking angry. And got the time... I don't know if i necessarily call it... Ang- I call it a- antsy... But not angry. But I love what they did with it. And Anthrax is probably one of the best bands ever doing covers. And I would think,
1: oh, I agree.
0: Yeah, I think you would agree with me there. Uh, you know, they do an amazing job, and and this is a prime example. Yeah, it's overplayed, but god damn it, when Frankie starts playing that bass and it kicks in, uh, to me, it's a it's a perfect fucking song, even though I've heard it. A little bit too much but it, it is weird for this album
1: what do you think i, I like it you know I, I won't go as far as say i love it but i, I like this song and you know i guess it's because they didn't write it during this period but uh joey fits this song more than any song on here you know it's not you know a try hard song with poser lyrics of i'm a badass walking razor blade and yes frankie shines on this fucking even has a fucking bass solo you know, plus it's very short, so it doesn't give me time to get bored. Uh, I really like Got the Time. I do, and I think it's a good song live. You know, I think it's better when they play it live. Actually, I, I enjoy it more than the studio version. But the studio version is good. I mean, it's not like you know, oh my God, I love this cover, but because uh, they've to me they've done way better covers. But I, I do like it. I do like it. All right, there you go. I'm being positive. Hey, look at you. Yeah, Alright. That's where it ends. Yeah.
0: Alright. Well what do you think of <laughs> hatred?
1: Uh H8 Red R-E-D. Hatred. Yes. Back to the shit. I don't even remember this sucks, bad. It's so dis it's such a disjointed mess. It's actually confusing after all. You know, about a minute. And uh, till you know, until it ends, then you know Do I hate you? No! <laughs> what the fuck? This future is garbage. I hate it. What do you think? I hate,
0: I hate it. Uh, well, this is another another racism song, which might be kind of like I, I don't know. Part of me is like, well, man, you nailed everything you had to say with "Keep It in the Family," uh, but it is another racism song. Uh, this one, to me though, is a little bit more punkier sounding than "Keep It in the Family." Uh, but I, I think it says something to where this band's from and, and and the time. Because, you know, they're a New York band. And this album came out in 90, but was, you know, pretty much written and recorded in 89. Uh, was a very, very racial time in New York City. A uh, lot of high tensions. You had, uh, I'm trying to remember that girl's name who was murdered. Uh, Bromley or something like that. I mean, yeah. You know Spike Lee's do the right thing I mean there was a lot of tension in the city and this the song talks about it you know it takes a little different aspect than keep it in the family where it's pretty much like anti fucking redneck and redneck mentality where this one is more about uh, you know just talking about how people need to find a common ground and you know do I hate you because of the color of your skin you know do you hate me because of this reason And also, we have reasons, you know, we have a lot more in common than you might not know. Again, this is something I think you might appreciate more if you read the lyrics. Uh, Yeah, I
1: didn't really, you know, like I said, I didn't even remember the song. And I, you know, like uh, the gridlock, I wasn't paying attention.
0: Right. And again, I think gridlock, you know, you might not like it musically, but if you read the lyrics, I think you would love it. And uh, this is this is one as well. It's just a different take on racism, but I understand it's kind of like, okay, okay, I can't see it as being preachy and you got two preachy songs on one album, but I do respect that it's a different take on the subject. Uh, but it might have fit better on another album. I do love this song, uh, but I can kind of see it as being too much the same thing on one album. But I'll take the next one, One Man Stands. Uh, this one it's not bad I don't hate this song but I would definitely consider it filler where I don't think anything else on this album was filler this one's filler and it's coming too late at the end of the album I, I think it would have been better if they had it mixed up like I said I, I think side one is definitely like front loaded uh, where to me side two starts out strong and, and then goes down uh, so maybe a different placement. Don't hate it, but I got to admit this one's filler. What do you think, Ralph?
1: Yeah, more choppy, choppy, chop. Even more than the songs before. And, uh, like, the last one, I don't remember the song at all. You know, and I guess back then I probably, uh, you know, just turned the goddamn CD off because I couldn't take it. Oh, no, I,
0: I used to be like that, you know. What, what, I got to admit, I used to turn it off after God the time. Uh, so the last three songs, you know, were more... I mean, I know them now because I've listened to the song for, this album for years. But initially, when I first got it, I was like a turn it off after I got the time guys. So I totally get that.
1: Yeah, it's fucking terrible. Okay, I'll take the last one, Discharge. Uh, shout out to my friend Don Jaubert. Loves this song. Uh, this one, uh, I remember because uh, uh, there was a lot of... Uh, uh you know a lot of talk about this song when they released uh worship music because they have a song on there called fight Till you can't fight anymore yeah yeah fight you can't yeah the the zombie song yeah Uh, and a lot of people were you know saying dude they just rewrote this song again and or something like that and and, you know and to me it's another jumbled mess Uh, the fucking chorus makes me want to discharge a huge nuclear fart You know, appropriate way to end this poser fest with another let's be heavy for the sake of being heavy with this disjointed section making it one floppy lip-wristed snot rag song. It's fucking terrible, Ian. It sucks. Thank you. What do you think? All right. Well, I'm
0: not going to fight you too much on this one because this is my least favorite song on the album. And to me, it's no way to end the album. You know I've always talked about this before I you know I want a song that's gonna leave you want more and to me this is leaving the song on you know a sub filler note uh, I can kind of see now that you mention it some similarities to fight them Till you can't but I like that song a hell of a lot more I mean st- oh, I it, it's, it's still it's still not one of my favorite anthrax songs but I like no
1: it's not that great but it's way better than this. right that. right
0: way better than this but I can kind of see some similarities uh, but yeah, this is definitely my least favorite. I, I'm not going to argue with anybody who shits on this one. You know, I, I am a realist. <laughs> and and this, one, this one is definitely the least favorite song. Uh, but I still think the shit that's great on this, uh, you know, more than makes up for the last two songs. And I will even go on to say that I think, uh, in all honesty none of the big four have released an album since 1990 that's as good as this one <laughs> and I'll say as much as I love Slayer and, and Megadeth and Metallica and I like you know the last couple Metallicas and you know I like later day Slayer and you know Megadeth is so to, to, to me I see Megadeth like most people see Anthrax moments of greatness but very fucking spotty uh, but I don't I don't think any of those have had an album th- this good. Even though the, the last two kind of like, eh, I, I could do without. The rest of the album I think is fucking great. I love the sound of it. And uh, and I can't wait till they they do a reissue on this one.
1: Oh, it's, uh, I heard an interview with Charlie talking about
0: it. Yeah, and he says he can't wait. And, and I, I think it's...
1: He he praised the album. He loves
0: it. Yeah, and it, it's funny because I never really heard too much about what Charlie thought about it. I just always heard Scott bitch about how Joey didn't do what he wanted him to do on this album. And that kind of agrees with what you said about it. I disagree, but uh, you and Scott agree on this, that that Joey didn't deliver. I think he did. I think he sounded great. Uh, Well,
1: I wish I had more of your attitude, because I don't want to agree with
0: that asshole. Yeah. Well, Well, here, you two are just alike.
1: (laughs) (coughs) Yeah. All right, well, that is
0: our review of Persistence of Time. This one was released August 21st, 1990, uh, produced by Mark Dotson and fakely produced by John Suzula and Marsha Suzula who never did anything but somehow got their name attached to it. Uh, this album... Because of them, they made it. This album did go gold. Uh... And, and in my opinion, it was a successful album, but it definitely didn't put him over the top. Uh, I, I would agree with Ralph that there was kind of a, a downslide from this one uh, compared to the other ones, even though I think it's stronger than the previous album.
1: I think also the backlash hurt them a lot from City for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, no I, I agree. And uh, unfortunately, they, they picked a, a really bad time, I I think, to switch singers. Even though I love Sound of White Noise.
1: Way better than this. Way better.
0: I, I, I love Sound of White Noise, but uh, but I think that was a bad time for for them. You know, in their career, that was a bad time to switch singers. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I love Sound of White Noise. Fucking awesome.
1: All right. Well, now it's time to go into
0: pick of the week. You have a pick of the week.
1: Oh, fuck. No, I don't. Uh, go ahead. All right. Well, something thrashy and good.
0: All right, well, my pick of the week uh, is now album I talked about earlier in this episode, and that's Overkill's I Hear Black. Uh, following up, you know, a, a, a hit that they had by Overkill standards with Horoscope, uh, they took it a different route with I Hear Black, and it was less thrash, more uh, crunching Sabbath-type riffs, and... Uh, You know, it's an album. I didn't get it when it came out. Well, shit, I wasn't even into Overkill at that time. But as I went back and got into Overkill, I really dug it, man. There's some great fucking tunes on there. I mean, the title track, Dreaming a Colombian, Shades of Grey, Spiritual Void. uh, I mean, just some really great shit on that. And that's something I would recommend even to people who aren't a fan of Overkill. Uh, I think it could be a good like introduction uh, because it is a little bit different sounding so you might get used to to you know to blotz's voice on that and uh, blitz I mean <laughs> and uh, you know it could be a stepping stone to get into overkill more which I can't wait for their new album that's coming in February uh, but I hear black I think it's a solid album what do you think Ralph
1: Oh, I love that album. Uh, I loved it when it came out. I saw the tour. Uh, I love that song, Just just Like You. Yeah, the last uh, song. Yeah. Yeah, I love how it ends. I love Spiritual Void, Weight of the World. Uh, yeah, Dream of Columbia. There's a lot of great songs on there. It's totally different there. You know, at that time, you know, Testament to the Legacy. Like, everybody was, you know, oh, look, Metallica is no longer thrash, and Look how popular. So we all got to be, you know, different, you know, and... Uh, even, you know, Anthrax, Sound of White Noise is not really a thrashy album. Right, but I think
0: Overkill really pulled it off, where some of the other bands that experimented yeah. didn't.
1: Well, I think Anthrax pulled it off, too, but uh, uh, but Overkill, I mean, but to me, Overkill is such a solid band, with such a solid discography. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, but, you know, I, I, I got to admit, I mean, Overkill's got so many fucking albums that some of them, you know, get, get lost in the mix with me. You know, I know, like, the Re- Re- Relics. Yeah. Whatever, whatever it's called, you know.
0: That's uh, not, that's not a bad one. I, I would say one that was kind of in that lost period that I think people really need to check out is uh, uh, Necroshine. Necroshine. Uh, yeah, Necroshine I, I like, but I, I, I,
1: at, parts, at parts of it it got a little bouncy. But uh, but for the most part it was a great. Uh, album. From
0: the underground is is a great album.
1: That's one of my favorites of the latest yeah. stuff. I have that yeah. on vinyl. That. WFO, I think uh, from the underground, may be the most underrated of all fucking uh, yeah uh, their albums. It, you know, in my, in my
0: opinion, it has the worst overkill song ever, but it also has some. What song? Oh god, let me. Let...
1: Was it the ballad?
0: Yes. Oh my yeah, god, yeah, that shit suck. Is that promises? Yeah. I don't remember.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah.
0: So. Oh my god, that's bad. But the rest of the album, it lives. oh it it's it, it lives a uh, long time dying. Oh, man.
1: No, that, yeah, no, it's a Fucked. Yeah. I like Fucked a lot. Oh, yeah. Really no, no, it's a great, great album. Uh, Rip, rip and Tear? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, like yeah. It.
0: No, no, they have the Rip and Tear. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, that shit rules. No, it's a great fucking, it's one of my favorites. I saw that tour, too. And then after that tour, I never saw Overkill for like 20 years after that. Because Overkill was down here every fucking album up to that point. And, uh, you know, WFO is another great Yeah, one. oh yeah, Gasly, holy shit. Yeah, I got all those vinyls now, those later ones, you know. Even the Relics one, which I think it's still sealed. I gotta give it another shot. But, uh, all right, yeah, it's a great one. All right, I got a thrashy one. Uh, uh You know, and, it's, and and I gotta admit, it's not their best album. They only released three albums. And I'm gonna pick their second album. Uh, Death and Insanity by Hallow's Eve.
0: Oh, there you uh, go, Yeah.
1: I love this band. I love, you know, as far as I know, they only got three albums. Unless they did something, you know, in the past 10 years. Yeah,
0: they, they, the, they did some other ones, but I think, you know, out of the initial band. But uh, that that, uh, that band I knew from uh, the movie, the great movie River's Edge. That's how I discovered yeah, that. Yeah,
1: Uh I think, what, what song was, I think it was the song off this album. Was it *Death and Effect? I can't remember what uh, song it was on that shit. album. The Metal Merchant? I don't remember but anyway, fucking uh, this album. I love the title track. It's short to the point. Uh, Goblet of Gore, T- Lethal Tendencies. I love this dude's voice. You know, it's kind of like punchy, like, hey, 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 you know, type voice. got Suicide is a total punk rock song. Death and Effect, D-I-E, which I mentioned that song in Wake Up, Smell of Thrash, you know, where I throw out song titles and ba- album covers. I do bring up Death and Effect in that song. Uh, Nasratu, and, and the reprise. At the very end of Death Insanity. Great fucking album. I had this shit when it came out. And it was one of those bands, dude. Like, one of those... Wow, man. Nobody knows about... It was one of those special bands that nobody knew about. You know, they got a little more, you know, as you know, a legacy as time went on. Uh, but I've always loved uh, this I, band. I, I don't know.
0: I, I think it is Lethal Tendencies. Like, I'm trying to look... I love that song. Out of yeah. breath. Out of time.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Love that shit. <laughs> yeah. Thresh and I covered uh, <coughs> a Freak off the next album, um, Monument, which is another great album. Uh, but that's my pick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Death and insanity.
0: I've got seven Hollow uh, Eve albums, but uh, one's a demo and I think one's a, uh, like a compilation. Oh,
1: I, ha- I have that. It's a box set. I have it. Yeah. The Hollow box that metal blades are out. Yeah. It has all three albums and demos and live recordings. And the live recordings suck. Right, What's right. The no,
0: but I'm saying the, boom box, the, you know? the demo I have is only two songs. But then I have, like, six other albums, but I think one's a compilation. And I know they, they put out, like, a a later day album, but I think it's, like, one of those situations where it's one dude, you know, and the other guys are all...
1: Right. I, I got a funny story, Halsey, too. They played uh, somewhere in North Florida back in 2007, I would say. And me, my friend, uh, Paolo, and Willie, we got in the car. We drove about seven hours. We got there, and the club said they canceled. Oh. That sucked. And then the club said, ah, but come in anyway. We got some good locals. And we're like, eh. And uh, they, they still had a sign. It wasn't a sign on the building. It was a sign like 10 feet away that said Hallow's Eve. So, fuck it. We stood in front of them and took a picture. <laughs> <laughs> and then went home. Pissed. Oh, man. But, yeah, I've never saw. i never seen Hallow's Eve live.
0: But yeah, Oh, yeah, that, that's a oh one. yeah, well no, that's a pick of the week i totally stand by, Death and Insanity Check it out
1: Yeah, it's awesome, the best one's the first one But they're all great, all three of them are, I highly recommend
0: Alright, well now we go On to Fan of the Week And uh, I know this is going to be a little generic But uh, I want to say The Fan of the Week this week Is all y'all motherfuckers Who stuck around for This is the longest hiatus we've ever taken yeah. And, uh, you know, it's up to to Ralph if ever wanna talks about how it started, you know. But, uh, you know, just life happens, and sometimes you got to take time off. But you guys were all really cool and respectful about it. Nobody that I saw was being too pushy or, why are I want it now? Everybody's like, hey, cool, take care of what you got to take care of. We'll still be here, you know, when you get back. And... Uh, it meant a lot to me that everybody really seemed to respect that, and uh, was very cool, man. And we we love you guys, and that's why we're doing this episode. We're doing this on a school night for me. I never do an episode other than the, the news. Uh, you know, I never do a full episode during the week. And I said, "Fuck it, we got to get something out for these guys." We're recording another episode tomorrow. Uh, you know, we want to get back and, and, uh, you know, giving you guys what you're used to every week, but, uh, you know, shit life happens, man. I think, you know, not only do other podcasts and people get jealous that we're the podcast Kings, sometimes life gets jealous of us, Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and life got jealous for both of us. I mean, even when Ralph was ready to come back, I wasn't because of health reasons and shit. So, uh, but we want
1: to, you just got a pussy ass cold. Chill. Yeah,
0: I know. I know but it's bad and it left and then it came back and it came back worse Damn. but uh but no seriously I, I want to thank all you guys you know for uh,
1: for being. yeah totally I thank
0: you Arthur. yeah for being cool everybody showed a lot of concern for Ralph and uh, been very understanding and we hope you enjoyed this one and uh, we're gonna get right back into those fan episodes uh, that you guys paid for we're recording one tomorrow but we just want to say thank you, and uh, it means a lot that everybody was really cool during this downtime, so, uh,
1: yeah, you know. It meant a lot to me. A lot of people reached out and sent me private messages, and I uh, really appreciate everybody's uh, concern, you know. Love you all. Yeah, you all fucking roll. Thank you. All right.
0: Now let's get to the plugs.
1: Greetings, Troubled Nation, and welcome to the Troubled Men
0: Podcast. I'm Renee Coman, and every week I sit down with my co-host Manny Chevrolet in New Orleans' notorious Ring Room to discuss good times and air grievances over cocktails. You're no, here. I'm here for the free drinks. <laughs> the free drinks. Yeah. <laughs> we are the troubled men for troubled times. Uh, yeah, it was all right. Those poppers worked. <laughs> this is the Troubled Men podcast. Join us, won't you? Yeah, come for the oysters, stay for the white privilege. Find yeah. us on Apple Podcasts and all social media. Listen to the Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the Ws, Gully G U L L Y A N D J O E dot U K, eight p.m. UK time, three p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt.
1: Hey, rock music fans. This is Terence Reardon of the Terence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. Join yours truly as I. Look every week at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life. And I'm usually joined by a friend or two or ten. And we talk
0: about nothing but great classic rock and metal. And there's no country or Sammy Hagar
1: or rap on the fucking show. That shit is frowned upon with yours truly. So if you want a great classic rock audiovisual podcast, tune on in to the Terrence Reardon and Friends audiovisual podcast. New episodes every Monday exclusively. On YouTube.
0: Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault. Featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault. On Podbean, Stitcher.com and iTunes.
1: Spreaker.
0: God damn it. Tired of your long commute and boring work day? Well, join Brian Davis and his gang of movie buffs as they talk about a different movie subject every week on Damn Good Movie Memories. We discuss movie themes like our favorite movie villains, favorite soundtracks, and worst movie remakes, and much more. Check us out on iTunes and Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. From New York.
1: Hey, 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 hey.
0: What up, bangers? From North Carolina. Skitter pal meow meow.
1: This is Bushy.
0: And the mountain. Tune in every week for your listening pleasure only on the plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. You can find us on Podbean and iTunes. Thank you very much. Hey, everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this. You'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll, and it's always free. This is Ian Wadley, Wadzilla from Wadzilla's World. Do you want to hear the greatest, most eclectic show on the internet? Show up for the best in hard rock, heavy metal, classic rock, funk, soul, and anything else i deem necessary wadzilla world only on cranium radio 10 a.m central standard time to 3 p.m central standard time
1: be here or be a bitch hey there it's dr. fuck giving you the dr. fuck show id that's right the dr. fuck show airing here every thursday night at 8 p.m eastern time Come in and join the chat room. It's always a great, crazy time. That's right. I've been doing this for years on that metal station, and you will love it. Nobody hates the Dr. Fuck Show. And what I mean by that is if you hate the Dr. Fuck Show, you're a nobody.
0: All right. Well, if you love this combative episode, come back next week when uh, there's a true story here. (laughs) We're going to do, I don't know if little-known cock rock uh, album is is uh, the right word for it, because I don't think anybody knows this shit. But this is a fan-paid-for episode of a cock rock album, and we we yeah. got a very special guest. I know this is going to be a crazy fucking episode. So that's all I'm going to say right now, but make sure you come back next week. You might see the band and the album we're talking about, like, what? I don't know that. Should I? No. Oh, it's very obscure.
1: I already took my notes.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're going to want to come back next week, but you'll find out what that is next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.
1: Take a ride.